The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, May 20th, and we are rolling right along with our division-by-division reset coverage. Today, we'll cover the AFC North. Coming up, the AFC East. Both will be with Brian Diardo. And in the feed, we have the AFC South and AFC West division resets. We go through and look at the win totals. The odds uh, for each team to make the division, to win the division, to make to win the the respective conferences, and to win the Super Bowl, and what you should bet on. So make sure and tune into all of these. If you want to watch on YouTube, if you're watching this particular one on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/pick6, like the video and comment which win total you like the most in the AFC North. And while you're doing stuff for us, the NBA playoffs are about to begin. In fact, the play-in playoff thing that they're doing have already started. I can't believe I got back into betting on NBA without listening to the Early Edge podcast. I should have done that because I probably would have lost a lot less money yesterday. So you should do the same thing and join the Early Edge podcast every single morning for the best bets, props, and futures for this year's postseason. Jonathan Coachman, Mike McClure, and Larry Hartstein won't lead you astray as they bring the best bets to your feed every morning in 15 minutes or less. You can find the Early Edge podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even live on YouTube. As we mentioned, joining us to break down the AFC North to look at what these teams are, are looking at now that we know their schedules, their free agency, the draft is over to reset the AFC North. Brian Diardo, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well, Will. And hey, I had to congratulate your Hurricanes on, on the first win. You know, Thank it's you. exciting. Very you know, exciting. So. Uh, people, hopefully, by the time people are listening to this, it'll be the second win. I think the, the stats on teams... I, people get really annoyed by me on Twitter because I'm a, like a Hurricanes bandwagon. I'm not a bandwagon fan. I am a Hurricanes fan. I'm just not a diehard night-to-night regular season hockey guy, but playoff hockey, feet, shooting my veins, and have a Hurricanes outright ticket. So, you know. Nice. Especially intrigued by by the boys, uh, the bunch of jerks that are trying to make a run. The AFC North, though. Very, it's a very hockey-friendly division, isn't it? Right? Pittsburgh. Cincinnati doesn't really have hockey, do they? Baltimore? No, they don't. No, they've got soccer. They've got soccer, but they don't have hockey. They've got baseball. It's not a hockey-friendly division. I just think of the – I guess Pittsburgh being involved makes me think heavy hockey, but there's no Baltimore, Cincinnati, or Cleveland hockey, is there? No, no. They're the only team – that's – you know what? We just figured that out. They're the only team they have seen North that boasts a hockey team. Baseball town, though. Baseball division for sure. Big, that's a good point. Big time baseball division. That's that. That's it. Good call, Diardo. The uh, I guess the Reds are pretty good. The Indians are meh. The Pirates are flirting with being called an MLB team. They're, yeah, Pirates, they're flirting with Pirates. It. God awful, man. Uh, anywho, the Ravens are the favorite to win the division this season at plus one fifteen. The Browns plus one fifty. The St- Steelers are four to one to win the division, and the Bengals are twenty four to one to win the division. All odds, as always, courtesy of our friends over at William Hill. We're going to dive into these team by teams, and we're going to start on the back end, which means we begin in Cincinnati, 
where the win total for the Bengals and Zach Taylor are six and a half. And odds to win the AFC 50 to one. Odds to win the Super Bowl 100 to one. And frankly, this is a team where, you know, John Breach isn't on here to, to defend him and, and to talk about him. But man, it feels like a really, a team that was really bad this year, this past year, excuse me, in 2020, that has somehow a whole heaping load of expectations coming up in 2021. They went out and drafted Jamar Chase to make Joe Burrow happy. Uh, they also picked up uh, Jackson Carmen, the offensive lineman out of Clemson, to make the world happy uh, because you can't, you got to have an offensive lineman there. They signed Riley Reef in the offseason. Generally speaking, I don't think the defense looks like it's going to be all that, uh, you know, all that in a bag of chips, but the offense, I think, is something to be excited about. I agree there. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, when I look at the Bengals, I don't see why there's this heightened expectation for wins, mm. but I think offensively, they're going to be a, a really fun team to watch if they can keep Joe Burrow healthy. That's the million to million, million dollar question is, is that. But yeah, I mean, offensively, you know, with Jamar Chase, with Tyler Boyd, with T. Higgins, they have a nice, really nice receiving core. And obviously Joe Burrow, who led the league in passing before uh, his pocket collapsed one too many times against Washington last year. If he can stay upright and uh, the other adjustments they've made, it's, it's a good offense. Joe Mixon's a nice running back. Uh, I would have tried to get him more help at tight end. I thought that was a position that they could have gotten him another weapon. You're, you saw how that helped Justin Herbert last year with the tight sure. ends they had for him. But yeah, offensively, they look really good, um, much better at least. Defensively, they haven't done much at all. And they did take Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh, but that can't be your big boisterous offseason signing. So I think they'll be a much more exciting team offensively. Uh, they could win some shootouts. They almost beat Cleveland in a couple of shootouts last year. Yep. But overall, I don't see them, you know, really making a huge – I don't see them winning over six games. I would take the under there. Okay. Yeah, they, I forgot. They, they also had Larry Ogunjobi from mm -hmm. Cleveland in free agency as a defensive tackle. And then they signed Trey Hendrickson to replace Carl Lawson, who they let walk, which is a pretty nice signing. I feel like they also grabbed – maybe they got – it was Shadobi Awuzie in the secondary. Trey Waynes, they signed a year ago to a big contract. Not a – I mean, you don't look at this and think, man – you look at this and think, man, this could be a 15 to 20th ranked defense, and that would be a big improvement for the Bengals over last year. And then I agree with you. Offensively, Joe Burrow has to stay healthy. If Joe Burrow doesn't play 16 games this year – I'm not sure that Zach Taylor survives it because it's going to be pinned on him unless there's some freak accident, you know, where he's running in, in wide open space and hurts his knee. You know, it's just your coach's job is to, you know, to protect your court. You drafted a quarterback number one overall. The, the coach is out there implementing game plans week to week and calling plays week to week to make sure that the quarterback stays healthy and is productive. And you saw that from – the Chargers and, and Justin Herbert, you did, you know, you saw the production from Joe Burrow when he's throwing 60 times a game, but with that comes a bunch of hits. So they got to figure out a way to find some balance. The offensive line is going to be the subject of a lot of scrutiny throughout the year. Jonah Williams starting at left tackle, Riley Reese starting at right tackle. We assume uh, Carmen Jackson or uh, Jackson Carmen, excuse me, is going to kick inside. Maybe they have Michael Jordan and Quentin Spain at the, at the guard positions right now. We'll see how that all sort of shakes out. Billy Price still fighting for a, a spot there. They're in 2018 first overall pick. But if if the offensive line isn't good, and Joe Burrow is taking a bunch of hits, and Panay Sewell's up there doing jujitsu on dudes, in, in, right? You know, shoving dudes around in, in Detroit. 
there's going to be a lot of questions asked about that front office and about people running the show in, 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 in Cincinnati. Well, you nailed it. And especially too, they could have gotten some other, like I think Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma state was available. Then they traded back further. I think with new England, yeah. I remember seeing there thinking, what are they doing? They still have a first round talented offensive tackle available. They went even further back. So yeah, to your point, Jackson Carmen has to pan out. He has to pin out. The fact that he's not slated as a starter is already troublesome because if you're going to pass on a guy like Pinal Sewell, who a lot of people are saying, if there's one slam dunk guy that has Hall of Fame potential in the first round in any position, it was him. So not only does, does Carmen have to pan out, so does Jamar Chase. And as you said, yeah. it, it's a tough balancing act because your number one objective is to protect your greatest asset, but you also want to make him happy. So, obviously, Joe Burrow signed off on the Jamar Chase signing. They were teammates at LSU. They had a really nice 2019 season, 20 touchdown connections, all that jazz. But if Burrow is still getting hit the way he was hit last year, and you do wonder, there's a game within the game. You wonder if officials, after seeing him take all those hits, will try to protect him more. Because he was getting a lot of hits that other quarterbacks with a larger resume are going to get flagged. So you wonder if he's going to get more of the protection from the NFL in the officiating this year. But yeah, if Carmen doesn't pan out and Sewell is a slam dunk, and as you said, I don't think anybody uh, in the, the Bengals' ownership is expecting them to win the division. They got to be competitive, though. They got to win six or seven games, and Joe Burrow has to get through the season. If they do those two things, that's going to be enough, I think, to satisfy the ownership. But if one of those two things doesn't happen, they could be looking for a new coach this offseason. Yeah, seven and 10. Or eight and nine is probably what I don't know if six the and eleven. I, no, I don't think it like what Zach Taylor needs to save his job. Yeah, I mean, does he save his job with six and eleven? That's I mean, maybe he's won like he's won four games or something like that. Maybe if it's like a Charger season where there's like seven or eight like one possession yeah. games, yeah. that and Burrow has an amazing season and the optimism in Cincinnati's up their ticket sales are going up, then that might be enough to, to, to buy him another year. But if they're six and 10 in an ugly way where they're just getting trashed all up and down the field, that could be a different story. The one thing I like about them, they have a, they have a decent buy week 10 buy, but, but the issue is they don't have a ton of winnable games. The first half of or the second half of the year, they've got a lot of tough games down the stretch week 17 of the chiefs week 18 against the Browns week 16 against the Ravens. So they don't win a lot of games in the early part of their schedule they're, they're going to be in some trouble come December if they're trying to keep Zach Taylor's job. Yeah, a couple couple of points that I've, I thought of. I'll see if I can coherently put them together. One, just play devil's avocado here. If they're kicking Jackson Carmen inside, I think that's kind of a part of the tiebreaker why they went with Jamar Chase, too, is that they thought they might have to kick Panay Sewell inside and didn't want to do that for a year, too. Zach Taylor's won six games. He's 6-25-1. and one. That's terrible. It yeah. ain't, you know... You really have to double your win total this year, I think, if you want to stick around. Uh, and then three, you're, you're spot on with the schedule, Diardo. If you look at it, they open up um, against Minnesota at home. That's a winnable game. Now, I don't think they'll win it because I think Mike Zimmer is going to, even with Burrow healthy, Mike Zimmer is going to have a little revenge on his mind. Uh, then they're at Chicago. Again, they won't be favored, but that's a winnable game. To Andy Dalton, so you get that reunion. Ooh, those two. revenge game there. Good point. Yep. Then at Pittsburgh, I, I I don't think they'll win it, but we'll, and we'll get to Pittsburgh in just a second. But there are questions about the Steelers. So if Burrow plays great, it's a winnable game. Uh, and then they get Jacksonville and Green Bay at at home, or, and then they go to at Detroit. Those I I can see a situation where they come out of that three and three. And if they if they're there, 
if you're already at three and three and you're playing good and you're competitive, I think that gets you there. To the to your point too on the Justin Herbert thing, the, it's weird, but the Bengals need to have the season the Chargers had last year. Right. That's what they need. And right. it's, we always thought Joe Burrow was going to be way ahead of Justin Herbert. And, but if if they're if it's like, man, Joe Burrow is the truth. He looks incredible. Oh, we won six games with some bad coaching and like close losses. All right, you know, like we'll give it one more year. I think, I think, I think that's a good call. Six and six and eleven, worst case with, and you're competitive almost all the season, and Burrow looks great. I, I think Bengals fans would probably sign off for that. Um, the Steelers win total over under nine. With the over uh, plus one twenty, their odds to win the AFC twenty to one. Their odds to win the Super Bowl forty to one. As we mentioned, four to one to win the division. It feels like it's been a while since Pittsburgh has been uh, this low. Just in you know in terms of how they're being respected. I mean, they're behind the Browns in the in the division. Vegas, you know, Vegas has them behind the Browns. They're big draft addition, of course. Najee Harris in the first round. They come and take Pat, Pat Frymuth out of Penn State in the second round and pick up Kendrick Green, a offensive lineman in the third round, where people were and, and they got Dan Moore in the fourth round, too. People were screaming, Where are the offensive linemen? Right. Are you, you're taking a running back and a tight end. Pittsburgh uh lost Bud Dupree this offseason. I don't think they were, you can correct me on this, but they weren't particularly active in free agency they weren't no right no and you know you look around it there are questions about ben big ben of course there are questions about how this offense is going to operate with matt canada handling things and how many carries Najee harris is going to have and whether they're going to be a a run team or you know short passing game team like last year i think you can make the case the defense is going to be perfectly fine i don't know if it'll be the best defense in football but it should be a top five top ten unit um, I'm just curious where you stand on what how the Steelers handled the offense this offseason and, and how how you think that would affect your betting on them from a division or Super Bowl or win total standpoint. Well, it, it, the Steelers win loss total has been all over the board. Ed Bouchette has them going eight and nine. They've never had a losing record with Mike Tomlin. Nope. I Mark Aboli, another athletic writer, has them going eleven and six. So I tough. I'm going ten and seven. I'm going to kind of split the difference there. I think they are able to get that winning record. I think my biggest thing is I think their roster and their depth chart is more balanced than last year. I think they they lost a little bit on defense. They I mean they I mean they didn't draft a corner which was kind of jaw dropping with losing Cameron Sutton or not Cameron Sutton but Stephen Nelson. Yeah. They lost Mike Hilton, but they love Shakur Brown out of Michigan State. Ryan Wilson, our guy, had him as a third round grade, and he was an undrafted rookie. So that would be a guy I think will clearly make the roster. They did lose a little on defense, but Alex Highsmith, they like what they saw from him. They didn't try to replace Dupree with another star. They just wanted to get Watt a complimentary piece. They got Highsmith. Quincy Roche, you know, a nice late round steal out of Miami. So he'll probably back him up because they also lost Ola uh, Adinye to the Titans as well. But so they lost a little on defense, but I think they did add some some depth and some key po- points. Uh, you look at the offense. I think the offense is better than last year. I, wow. I, they okay. they they needed an upgrade at running back. James Conner was nice, but he's not shifty. He's not a game breaker. He obviously had his injury questions. And the Steelers said not only did they need a running back, but they thought Najee Harris was the best available at his position. So it was a slam dunk move. He looked great at OTAs, but there's only so much stock you can put into that. Uh, they love Pat Fryermuth. I think it took him two seconds to put that 
<laughs> or they put it in quick on Friday. They, they put it in quick, okay. and, and they love what he can do with Eric Ebron. The offensive line, there's a lot of question marks, but they did a lot of under-the-radar moves. They brought back B.J. Finney, who was really good for them uh, from like 16 to, to 19. They didn't have him last year. It didn't work out in his two stops. So they did a lot of under-the-radar moves on the line that I like. And obviously, Ben's a big question mark. And believe it or not, I would say half the, half the fan base was kind of good to move on from him, to be honest. Mm. I think a lot of people were kind of saying, you know what? Let's just go with Mason. Let's see what we have. If he's not good this year, let's get a quarterback next year. So I think, that, I think Ben's got a lot to prove. thinking that in the fan base. People were like, let's go with Mason and just see what we got. Is the fan base been hypnotized by Chris Trapasso? What's what's going on? Here? Like what's the? I think that I think that people the 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 backs ready the, for, the, 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 ready the, for the era and wanted a like a, a a bridge to like all right. We drafted Mason with a high pick. Let's see right. what we've got, and if we don't have it, then go draft somebody high next year. I think the fan base. I don't want to say is spoiled, but they don't think they understand what they have anymore. Ben might not. Ben's not what he was. 10 years ago, five years ago, 2015, I thought was Ben's. That was Ben at his peak when he led the league in passing yards per game, all that jazz. He's not the same guy, but I don't think the fan base understands a 39 year old Ben is better than anybody else they could have gotten. So to me, you, you roll with him for at least one more year. And I will say this, they were relying way too much on his passing last year. And Villanueva said that recently with uh, the, the Ravens did his first press conference there. He said, you don't know how exhausting it was to pass protect on every snap when Miles Garrett is coming off knowing that he's pass rushing. And, and, and so they needed some balance offensively. Ben is no longer good enough to, 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 you can't lean on him anymore passing. You have to have a good running game. So I think the balance on this offense now with all the receivers they have, with the tight end package they have, with Najee Harris, it's a way more balanced offense they've had in the last several years. So is there? So is it all come full circle now, where they need to be? Ben needs to be a game manager, where I mean, like a high, a higher end, of more of a veteran game manager, not like a you know two thousand four, two thousand five, but just look, we're gonna run the football, and then Ben can make some throws where he needs to on short third down conversion opportunities, or maybe you know we come out and throw early and, and get people you know getting short second down opportunities, but then we can also take some shots. I mean. He played 15 games last year and threw 608 times. He doesn't need to be throwing 600 plus times at his age. When he, he led the league in passing attempts in 2018 with 675, and that's probably why he blew out his arm immediately at the start of 2019. So, you know, through letting him throw six, I understand you got to do what you got to do, but 608 was just too many last year. It is, and I think they need to be less predictable, which is why they let Randy Finkner go. They brought Matt Canada in. I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted the two tight ends. They want to do a lot more of that. And I think now their offense will be a lot less predictable. I think it's going to be a lot more balanced because I do think that Ben can still throw quite often and be successful. He just can't handle that burden anymore. My biggest concern with the Steelers, quite honestly, uh, yeah, the offensive line is patchwork. You don't have those stalwarts anymore, like Pouncey and some of those guys. I like the offensive linemen they brought in. I really like uh, you know, Kendrick Green from Illinois. I thought that was a really good acquisition. Their schedule is really rough. Their week seven bye is really good, but five of their last six opponents made the playoffs last year. Mm. Uh, and the sixth one that didn't is Minnesota, and they have to go there on a Thursday night after they just played Baltimore. So their last six games are, are brutal. That's why I don't have them winning more than, than 10 games. I think they will finish behind Baltimore and Cleveland, 
but I think they'll make the playoffs, and I think that it'll be a better season than a lot of uh, fans on the outside think. But their schedule's brutal, and, and and that's the biggest issue with winning the division last year is that they get this yep. – and it starts with Buffalo, at Buffalo. So right out of the gate, they got a tough schedule. Yeah, at Buffalo, you would probably think is a loss. I mean, they can certainly win the game, but you know, right. if you're projecting, you're projecting a loss. Raiders and Bengals at home, uh, you know, what you – would hope they win both of those games at green Bay, you know, probably all depends on, you know, Aaron Rodgers and how that unfolds, but certainly, you know, a winnable game, but you're not going to be favored. Denver at home. You think is a win Seattle at home. You would hope is a win, but it's Sunday night and it's Russell Wilson. Anything could happen. And then at Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit out of the bye, there's certainly, they have to stack wins early because you don't yes. get Baltimore. You get Baltimore twice on the back end, plus Cleveland, plus Kansas City, plus Tennessee, plus at Minnesota, where they've been really good, and at the Chargers in there as well. So I really think you look at if you're taking the over on 10 win on, on nine wins, you need to count on five and two going into the weeks, or excuse me, five and four and two or five and one going to the week seven bye. That seemed fair. Yeah, that seems fair. When you look at the post buy, there's only four games that I think the Steelers should should win without much issue. Week nine against the Bears, week ten against the Lions, week eleven against the Chargers, week twelve against Cincinnati. And then after that, they're all really, really tough games. So yeah, like you said, they they've got to probably have a, a eight or nine wins going in to that last four or five games of the year. Cause if not, uh what happened in 2020 is gonna happen again. And honestly, with Mike Tomlin, every year since 18. They've backslided at the end. Mm. And so they were 7-2-1 and one in 18, finished 9-6-1. and one. 2019, they were 8-5, and five, finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Last year, 11-0, and 0, finished 12-4. and four. So that's kind of become an MO with Mike Tomlin, that his teams fade at the end of the season. Again, I think that it's going to balance out to a 10-7. and seven, But if they don't take care of business early or if there's some unforeseen injuries, they're in trouble. I will say this. I really do like the pick of Najee Harris. Uh, they sure. needed to improve the running game. They tried with the mid-round guys. They tried with Benny Snell. They tried with James Conner. It hasn't worked out. They needed a game breaker. So I think he is going to be a really good rookie. I like the fact they brought back Juju at a discount. That's one thing that I know Ben wanted. And again, I don't think the defense is going to be where it was in 19, but it still should be a top 10 defense. And in terms of the overall team, it's one of the most balanced Steeler teams I've seen in quite a while. So as long as they win enough games early and can hold their own at the end, they should win 10 games, which should be good enough for one of the last playoff spots. Well, at plus 120, that's worth a stab on the over if you like, if you, if you yeah. think you're going to win 10. Easily. And, and, you, and, and you push it nine, too. So that's not the end of the world. What yeah. uh, are you, are you in on any AFC Super Bowl or division bets? Four to one is pretty juicy for, for a team that won it last year. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Baltimore a lot. I, I think Baltimore. No, no, I mean, I for Pittsburgh. I mean, like anything oh. for. You're not taking yeah. Pittsburgh to win the division then? Oh, no, I would. I, I mean, because I have Baltimore and Cleveland winning 11 games. Right. I have the Steelers oh. winning 10. So and that's, Then that's absolutely worth a stab at 4-1. to one. A thousand percent. And if, and, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh are that close together, then right. you take the Steelers at 4-1 to one versus the Browns or the Ravens at, you know, plus 110, which those teams will talk about coming up after the break. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Cleveland Browns. Their win total set at 10. 10! Over is minus 145 at William Hill. It's wild. Their odds to win the division. Again, they're second favorite, a close second favorite to the Ravens at just plus 150. They're eight and a half to one to win the AFC and 16 to one to win the Super Bowl. What a world we are currently living in where the Browns are a Super Bowl, one of the top Super Bowl favorites. He had a Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern in the first round, came back and got a steal in Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker to Notre Dame in the second round. Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver out of Auburn. And then added James Hudson and Tommy Togai in the third and fourth rounds. They were pretty active as well in free agency, just in terms of you know being willing to go out there and, and sign some quality guys. John Johnson, I thought was a great signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked up Troy Hill as well. Like, why not just go poach the Rams defense? The Rams have good defensive players they can't afford to pay. Go poach them from there. They spent big on the on the uh on the Clowney. No, yeah, on the or they got clowny too. I was saying they spent big on the offense last year, you know, right? An offensive line and all that, and then this year they had clowny, uh, Tack McKinley, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, but they largely, you know, they went after defense this year. They wanted to improve their defense, and they've done it. And frankly, Diardo, when you look at this roster, it's pretty good. Like it's just a good top to bottom deep roster that you could see. I don't know if I'm picking to win the Super Bowl, but they're gonna be they're gonna be a hyped up favorite. Well, that's where they are. And I wrote a I wrote an article about the AFC North recently. And actually, I, I came home yesterday and I had it all done. I'm sure you've done this before. I deleted the entire Browns part. Oh, I was kind of writing it normally the way I normally do. But to me now, I mean, they are in the position, like you said, it is like the the mindset in Cleveland should be let's go to a Super Bowl. They took the Chiefs to, to the to the end in yeah. the playoffs last year, and I thought. I thought in the end, the moment was a little too big for Baker. Once the Chiefs at the end started bringing pressure, I think I, I think it was a little too much for him. And then their defense couldn't stop Chad Henney at mm. the end of the game. So they obviously knew they had to improve some things on defense. And, and like you said, the Rams last year, their pass defense was top in the league. So then they go ahead and get you know two really good players. Troy Hill was always around the ball last year, had a couple of defensive touchdowns. So they bring his playmaking ability uh, in there. 
they they did let Vernon go, the pass rusher, um, and they did lose lose Shelton, who was a really good leader on their D line. Those are a couple of concerns for me. Uh, but overall, like you said, th- this roster is talented, and, and their defense is now better. They're going to get Odell Beckham back. Uh, it the, the Browns should be thinking Super Bowl now. It, it can't be. Oh, we're happy to be in the playoffs, and I think the novelty. Last uh, year. I mean, I don't think you'd be like, oh, we're one and done with the playoffs. We're, we're done. But I, I agree with you. They want to win the Super Bowl. But if you get, I mean, I, I don't know. I, two years in a row in the playoffs for the Browns, they should at least be thinking, okay, we're building on something. But I agree. You well, and you need to see, and you need to see if Baker Mayfield can, can take you to that next step. Because I'll be very honest with you. When I watched the Bengal Browns games last year, there were a few moments where I'm sitting back and thinking, if, if Burrow was on Cleveland right now, they'd be a better team. And I, I firmly believe that. I, I think I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So I think that's the main question this year is, can Baker – no, no. If, if both teams are equal and it's a passing battle between him and Mahomes in the playoffs, like, of course I'm not going to put that on Baker Mayfield. It's Patrick right. Mahomes. But if your team is better and you have momentum, like the playoff game last year in a situation where Mahomes is out, that's a game where Baker Mayfield needs to win. That's yeah, where he needs to fair. smell blood in the water and take it. So to me, this is a big year to see – if Baker Mayfield can emphatically plant his flag as a franchise guy, I, he hasn't done that yet, which is why he doesn't have the contract yet. So I think for me, that's, that is the big question mark for me with Cleveland. They have the roster to be good. They have the schedule to be good. Look at their schedule versus Pittsburgh's. That's the benefit of Cleveland finishing third last year. Uh, my main question with Cleveland along with Baker is week 13 bye is brutal. That's week 12 at Ravens, week 13 by week 14 versus Ravens. Oh, God. Right, man. Yeah, they do. I mean, I think the thing with Baker that I like that he did this offseason was he said, no, I'm good. Yeah. Don't worry about the contract. We're not going to do a contract. You know, I don't know that I, I don't know if he, I'm sure there's a quote out there. Maybe I heard it. Maybe I'm crazy. He's like, I don't know if it was, I haven't earned it, but Mm. it, I thought, and I, t- I, you know, I talked to Ken Carmen and those guys and uh, Dustin Fox in, in Cleveland about this on the radio where, you know, Baker's 2019 was so rough, mm-hmm. but it's his only bad season really since he started playing, you know, since college. Right. And it coincides with the only season that Freddie Kitchens was in charge of the team. And so I think you can give him a pass for that. But I also think if you're Baker, you don't bang the table and demand a contract because if you get a huge contract this offseason, and then you don't live up to that contract in 2021, people are going to freak out. And instead, if you're Baker, if I'm Baker, I'd much rather go into 2021 on the final year of my rookie deal with the you know, fifth year option coming, obviously, and just light it up and, and give Cleveland all the room in the world to give you this contract and to make the contract negotiations easy. Because if you have a, if you have a great season where the team wins 10, 11, 12 games and you're, you know, floated, uh, bandied about in the MVP conversation at any point, you know, near the end of the season, then it's just not hard to figure out a deal. And, and like building those expectations, keeping expectations low from a financial standpoint, helping the team out from a salary cap standpoint, lighting it up and then getting paid is so much easier than demanding money and not being great because the expectations would be all out of whack. Yeah, I completely agree. And I and I this is gonna be a real weird comparison, but when you look at their offense, they've got so many, they've got weapons everywhere. Odell Beckham, I thought an underrated uh acquisition or a guy they kept was Richard Higgins. I know yeah. he had that he had that bad play in the playoff game, but but they wanted like the Steelers, they wanted to keep as much you know in in continuity to help Baker sure. and also add a couple of things. 
They're often, so, so my comparison was, look at Trey Aikman in the 90s with Dallas's offense. He never threw for over 20 touchdowns in a season. I get times are different, but I would, I would agree. You don't want to just base Baker's value next year on his fantasy numbers. I know this isn't a fantasy yeah. angle, but to me it's about wins, and it's about those moments when you have the ability to win the game and it is on your shoulders. Are you going to make the key plays to win the game? Because really – the Browns offense should be more running. I, and I'll be honest, I don't know why Stefanski resumed play calling duties after after Alex Van Pelt had the play calling duties against Pittsburgh. He did I thought I think Van Pelt's a better play caller than Stefanski and I'm kind of anti coach calls the plays. I know that obviously Andy Reid has worked out for him but largely I don't like it. Uh, I think they need to rely more on that running game. They have the best running game in in the league with with Chubb and Hunt. Why don't you lean on that more? And I think Again, go back to the Dallas in the 90s. He, you know, Aikman relied on, on Emmett Smith. He relied on Jay Novacek. And when, he, when the opportunity presented itself, then he went deep to Alvin Harper. He went deep to Michael Irvin. I think that is the type of offense that Baker is going to thrive in this year. And I am not an anti-Baker guy. I know a lot of people don't like him because he has been outspoken with the media. When the 19th season went south, he, did, he was kind of sometimes a little dicey with the media. I sure. love how he handled himself last year. I love how he's handled himself now. I agree with you, especially this year with the reduced salary cap. Why would you want a contract right now? Wait till next year when the salary cap's going to go up. I like everything about the Browns this year. I just think now it's about Baker taking that next step. And it's about the Browns, you know, taking advantage of a good schedule with the exception of that, that late buy. It's a very favorable schedule. It's a third place schedule. The minimum is 11 wins. They should, they could win 12. I have them at 11 because I'm conservative. But they should win, you know, 11, 12 games based on their talent. Yeah, I I, I, I think I like the Browns over. They get some matchups. I mean, they get the – see, they start at the Chiefs, which is not easy, obviously. But Houston, Chicago at home, at Minnesota, at L.A. You know, those are two – I think they win against Houston and Chicago. At Minnesota, at L.A. are hard, but I wouldn't be shocked if they split those. I think they could beat the Cardinals and the Broncos at home. They can, I think they'll split with the Steelers and sweep the Bengals potentially. Maybe they, they split with the Bengals. At New England, it's not easy, even if you think the Patriots are down. But they get the Lions twice against the Ravens. You're just hoping to split there. Raiders at Packers. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like it's a 10-win schedule minimum. The two and games that I circled as tweeners that might determine if they hit the under or not. Week six versus Arizona. Because Arizona was, was good last year. Kyler sure. Murray. Before the injuries, they were probably going to go to the Baker playoffs. Baker versus Kyler, little uh, little matchup there too. Good, good, yeah, that's a great point. And then week ten at the Patriots because we don't we don't know what New England's going to be. It's still the Patriots, right? You still have to go to Foxborough. Those are kind of my two games that I circled because I did when I looked at my schedules, I broke it down games I they have the best chance to win and games that are going to be tough. And I put those two in between because I go that might determine whether or not they get the eleven or they get the twelve. They win those two games. Then if you bet the over, you're really going to be happy that you went with that decision. If I was betting, I don't think I'm betting anything on the Browns because the no. AFC is too short, the division's too short, Super Bowl's way too short. Sixteen to one is ridiculous for Cleveland. As, as good as they are, just, we got to see them get there first. And then exactly. over ten, like I agree with you. I think the over will hit. I'm not sure I want to lay minus one forty five on a because uh, you're you're going to need. You know, one of those games, the Arizona, the New England game, to get to that 11 and 12. So I like the over. The over would be my pick if I was doing over under picks, but I don't think I would want to bet anything on the Browns. The Ravens might be equally as tough when it comes to actionable items because they are plus 115 to win the division, over under 11 wins, plus 650 to win the AFC, 
14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They traded, of course, Orlando Brown during the draft and were able to scoop up in the first round Rashad Bateman and then Jason Owe uh, out of Penn State with that with that pick from KC. They then grabbed Ben Cleveland from Georgia in the third round and Brandon Stevens from the fourth round before getting Tylen Wallace, who I love, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State in the fourth round. So they really focused on offensive line. Um, and then edge help in the wide receiver position in the draft. You know, this is a solid. It's this is a solid organization and a solid team. And I thought they were a little unlucky last year. They've got total continuity in the coaching staff. Um, signed Sammy Watkins in free agency. There's a healthy amount of wide receivers here. Guys, I like from you know. I know Marquise Brown. People don't think he's a true number one. That's fine. Watkins will put up numbers sporadically. Miles Boykin is a third round pick. They got Ed Bateman, Devarney, James Prochet, Tyler Wallace. Now can just sit back and sort of try to get healthy. You know, they bring in Alexander Villanueva in the offseason. Uh, Derek Wolf to shore up the defensive line as well. And I'm trying to think. Their secondary is pretty much intact from last year. So if they if they can get some pressure off the edge. This defense should be good. I mean, this is, this team should be the favorite to win the division. I, I would almost say my plus one fifteen may, is maybe a little short, just given the competition. Because it feels like your your biggest problem is the Browns, and I feel like Baltimore is just still maybe a hair above, a step above the Browns in terms of your trustworthiness of them to win the division. I I would I would I don't know I I like Cleveland. I really okay. like Cleveland. I, I don't know why, you know, but I agree. I mean, it's a, a very, it's a likable team. Yeah. And I, and I, now that being said, what's the most important position on a team? It's quarterback. Correct. So, so if you're going to twist my arm, Hey, give me Lamar Jackson. And you saw it. in that amazing Thursday night game last year, where it was the cramp game and Lamar came back in and, and that was a sensational, probably the best game in the regular season last year, just off, yeah, off I the think top so. of my head. Yeah. It, you know, and, and, and when you look at their, their schedule, it's it's very favorable. I don't know if it's quite as easy as Cleveland's, but the caveat is they have a well, week eight three of their four, three of their four, first four games are on the road, right? And it's at the Raiders, at the Lions, at the Broncos. You, I mean, those feel you could lose you could lose to the Broncos, but I feel like they'll take care of business against the Raiders and the the Lions, and then they get the Chiefs in week two at home, Colts in week five at home, Chargers in week six at home, Bengals in week seven at home. I, it it wouldn't. I, they'll probably lose to the Chiefs. Wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocking if they're six and one going to that week eight bye. No, because the second hardest game pre buy is the yeah, or the Colts. Like it's yeah. not yeah, their their schedule at the beginning is pretty easy. So it's very similar to Pittsburgh, where if they can stack some early wins, that's gonna bode well for them. And yeah, they start with a lot of road games, but three of their last four games are at home. Now, yep. that being said, seven of their last eight games are against teams that, that made the playoffs. So, but I, I really like that week eight buy. And I think overall, if you stack all of their games up largely they're the better team. I mean, and I think some of the tough games that they're going to have to win to get that over, I mean, week 10 at the Dolphins, a Thursday night game. That's the kind of game where they need to win if they're going to hit the over. Uh, Week 15 at home versus the Packers, week 17 against the Rams. These are teams that are good, but Baltimore might will probably be the favorite in those games because they're at home in December. For sure. sure. Yeah, exactly. And if they win – there's gonna be close games. Like that's that's how right. these overrunners work. I mean, you're not gonna get 12 free wins. It does feel I mean, 12 and 5, 13 and 4 feels right for Baltimore. When you look at their schedule and you look at their 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 coaching staff, like that would just wouldn't surprise me. So I I don't I'm not in the habit of taking overs at eleven. That's just a that's just a little high for me. I think if I'm gonna bet something, it would be the division here, just because it's right. plus money. And I, I feel like Baltimore, 
you're getting a discount because because Pittsburgh won it last year. Right. If Baltimore wins it last year. They're like minus one fifty right now. You know what I mean? If if they have a two year grip on this division and Lamar had played, you know, he was a little inconsistent last year. Certainly didn't take that huge next leap as a passer. If he'd done all, if, if that had happened, then they're a heavy favorite to win the division. So I think there's a little bit of value there. I love your point there because I think that that when they had they started the year what six and five, I think they ended eleven and five. They had an identity issue. It was yep. clear very early that they didn't give Lamar the help he needed at receiver. And also Mark Ingram was, that was the end pretty much. And then they started Dobbins really slow. Dobbins was a great, great Dobbins second round pick. Awesome. The Steelers really wanted him, which is why, and then the Steelers like Trey Sermon, but I knew they weren't going to mess around until the third round, even though he would have been available at, at 87 where the Steelers drafted. They took green, right. but they weren't going to mess around. They were like, we're not doing that again because they saw what Dobbins did and is doing. And and Baltimore didn't have to add any more running backs to their stable because Gus Edwards and the other guys they have are really good. So a better offense, they should uh, sign a veteran pass rusher. I know they've talked to Justin Houston and they've had some, some rumblings there. I think it's a money thing because they have about 10 million in cap space right now. I would get another pass rusher because they did lose some pass rushers and their safeties aren't great. They still haven't really overcome the yeah. Thomas loss. They took a gamble on Sean Wade out of Ohio State, who I watched a lot in Columbus here. He had a first round grade at the start of last year and fell off. But so a little bit of questions at safety on the back end and the pass rushing. But I think overall, like you said, they're a very good team. I'm a little bit more conservative. I have in the 11 mark, but okay. for sure, 12 or 13 could definitely happen with their schedule and their offensive talent. So you probably wouldn't bet the under, but. No. And it, these are hard to do for the record. You know, we're in yeah. 17 games now. You know, if this were a 16 game schedule, you're like 11. I was like, no, I think the under on Baltimore. You you wouldn't bet the over, but you think they'll probably win more than 11 games. Yeah, for we'll sure. Yeah. 11 games. Yeah. I feel comfortable there. There's a lot of twinder games, you know, again, like week nine. The Vikings are such a. Every time I see the Vikings on the schedule, I'm like, what do you do with them? Because they have such a good offense. Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy. They just had a bad year last year. So yeah. whenever I see the Bear, or the Vikings, it's like, what do I do with them? But I Same think with the Dolphins, you know? Like, right. I think the Dolphins are really good, but yeah, they don't have the Fitzpatrick there to bail out to us, or who knows? Right. Yeah, it's, there's some tough teams out there to uh, to deal with. All right, Diardo, great stuff, buddy, on the AFC North. You know it like the back of your hand, and uh, fantastic <laughs> coverage there. We'll talk to you tomorrow about the AFC East.